Hello and welcome again to another episode of Extra Voices, the Extra Life podcast that highlights efforts from extra lifers all across the nation, as well as the staff at the Children's Miracle Networks that help the magic happen every year. And today I have a very special guest. She is a streamer. She is a bilingual caster, and she was also the host of Extra Life United. I have with me Evie. You may know her as Cute Noob. Evie, how are you doing today? Hello, friends. I am doing great. Thank you so much, uh, Ryan, for having me be a part of this amazing podcast. Um, I, when you talked when you talked to me about it, I was like, "Oh, absolutely! This is something I have to be a part of for sure." Well, I'm very excited that you came on. Uh, this has been a, a project rattling around in my head for a while, so I'm glad I got to launch it off the ground. and was really thrilled uh, that I got you on there because, like I said, we met at Extra Life United. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but what I always do with guests, I, I want to figure out, you know, how your streaming, you know, kind of career, your start into streaming came about. Yeah, I saw, you know, on your Twitch page, you said you started at 18. So, you know, when you're 18 year old Evie, what was the whole idea? Were you doing it for fun? Were you like, I want to make this a career? Kind of, kind of walk me through how all of that happened. What did you decide to stream and kind of how you started to go about it? So baby noob, as I like to refer to my uh, uh, younger self, uh, had no idea what they wanted to do in life, as many 18-year-olds, uh, you know, feel. So I never really got to enjoy video games growing up, and that's something that I always envied um, hearing, you know, people talk about. They talked about their uh, younger selves playing with their parents, playing with or, or playing like OG games. And I was always like, oh, I never got to do that. So when I started streaming, like it was plainly just for the joy of gaming and, um, you know, adding that Twitch uh, kind of vibe to it or adding that to the mix gave it a little bit more uh, like it was like extra fluff for me. It was like, oh, this is fun, but I want I want a game. I want to experience the whole world of gaming. I want to see what it's all about. Of course, making friends throughout it became that much more impactful in my life. It uh, created bonds that I don't think I ever really imagined could be made. And it just opened up a world that I just had never seen before. And I just absolutely love it. So what I know you do a lot of like Valorant and shooters now, uh, mainly on your channel. Uh, is that something you started with? Have, is that what you were kind of into or did you kind of take like different paths and trying to figure out what you liked, especially since you never really got a chance uh, to yeah. grow up with games? Yeah, so I started off with Destiny, the first one, and surprisingly, I hated it. I didn't think I really enjoyed shooters, and that's going to be a really hot take for a lot of listeners. So I'm sorry <laughs> if you played Destiny, but I just didn't enjoy it. And I think it was because of my lack of skill. You know, I feel like Destiny is a really hard game to pick up for it being your first game. It's, it's a lot. It was a lot for me. Um, and I think maybe if I go back now and touch Destiny, I might enjoy it a little bit more, which is funny because I'm currently playing this game called First Descendant. And it's basically like if Destiny and Outriders had a child. So, you know, I'm enjoying that now. But I started off with Destiny and then I bounced around from different genres. I tried MOBAs, which uh, MOBAs have my heart. They're so beautiful. I love them. I love the idea of MOBAs. And then I tried like... Uh, Dark Souls style, like looter shooter type of thing, or like uh, I guess looter shooter isn't the style for Dark Souls. It's more like 
dungeons and main. Yeah. There, there's movies. a looter, just no guns and a whole yeah. lot of death. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot of rage. Um, and then puzzles and indie games. So I've tried it all, but definitely uh, shooters is my favorite. So, I mean, there's a whole lot. I mean, you mentioned Destiny. Obviously, you, you have Overwatch, Apex. And, you know, obviously you got the Battle Royale style, too. You got Fortnite as well. So what made you land on Valorant to be like kind of one of the things that you really latched on to and being a part of that community? Valorant just became something that took me in and gave me a home. And I have to give a lot of preps or a lot of props to Gallerance, which is a female slash non-binary community. And they are backed up by Riot, which is why they um, are the ones who do like the um, Game Changers Academy, as well as the Game Changers uh, itself for the female slash non-binary scene. And I think that it was because of how much support and how much love and how much um like involvement they had me be in valorant that it kind of became bigger than me like it kind of became like oh i could definitely see myself growing in this and obviously i love the game um i love the community that i built around the game all my friends are super tryhards which i absolutely love i love the idea of competitiveness that uh valorant brings to the table as well as just being enjoyed joyful and also being able to bring in different concepts and different play styles it's not just like here i'm gonna shoot this and that's the main goal no it's like we have to work together as a team and use your utility in order to beat the other five stag yeah so uh with gallerins uh i mean was it like a, a stream team and everything because obviously you know especially People, you know, just with sheer numbers, when shooters happen, it's like, oh, like super aggressive male toxic environment. So I'm sure it was nice to have a home there. But, you know, yeah, kind of describe that home. Was it uh, stream teams or like semi competitive? Like kind of what were the activities that you did with Galorance? Yes. Yeah, so for uh, Galorance, it's known for a community just to bring together female slash non-binary uh, players who want to game together because not wanting to solo queue or not wanting to uh, deal with the idea of all that male toxicity that there is in Valorant. Um, so it's not a stream team. It's not an organization. It's mainly just a community that throws tournaments and kind of... Uh, enables those friendships between females and non-binary folks to kind of uh, meet together and play together in just a friendly environment. That is that is awesome. I know, like, uh, I'm not real big, and it's mostly because I'm not good at them. Shooters, especially the older I get, the, the reflexes are not quite what they used to be anymore. Uh, but I know community. I mean, that's one reason I still hang around the Final Fantasy MMOs so much is because I've had friends that I've made there for so long, and it's a welcoming you know, part of the community I found. So that's awesome that you found that in uh, Valorant. I need to stop saying Valor. I'm almost like pronouncing okay. <laughs> it like weird Spanish pronunciations in there. Um, so one of the things you've also gotten involved in is casting. Mm -hmm. So was that something to where when you were playing and, and I'm assuming you saw like some esports competitions, heard some of the casters like, oh, I want to do that. Or is something you kind of fell into like uh, describe that journey, how you went from playing the game to starting to cast the game. Yeah. You know, what's crazy is I always knew that I wanted to be some type of spoke person um, from 
a young age. I knew I, I this is going to be very uh, funny because I mean, even content creators feel this way, too. But they want to be like the spotlight. They want to be the center of attention. They want their voice to be heard. Um, so even when I started, th there was a MOBA that I played called Smite. It's made by Hi-Rez. And they had a uh, a whole show about bringing up new casters. I, I forget the name of the show, but basically I applied to be a part of that. I made it into the second round and that's when I knew like, oh, this is something that I like could definitely do. Um, I didn't have that much knowledge in Smite. I, I didn't do enough research on it. So unfortunately that didn't really lead up to anything. So when Valorant came around and Galerance was like, uh, do you want to try to be a caster? I was like, uh, yeah, please sign me up. So I tried it out for fun and it, it just ended up being something that people were like, yeah, you're pretty, you're pretty good at this. You should keep going. And I was like, okay, you don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And, and one of the things, cause obviously, well, well, obviously most people that know me rather, uh, you know, know that I'm big into sports and you know, that for doing a play by play or color commentary. You know, it, it makes, you know, more sense to me of how you would prep for that. When it comes to casting, I'm always in awe of casters because I get so tunnel focused on what I'm watching because there's so much going on. And unlike sports where you have natural breaks in the action, you don't really have that. And, and you're switching, uh, you know, between different p points of view, wide cameras that only the casters can see and, you know, jumping around. It just seems so crazy. How do you prepare to do something like that, to be able to keep track of the action to where like somebody like me, what I love about watching casting is I could jump in like to Overwatch or Valorant, not really know much about the game, but I can understand what's going on because of the casters. So how do you prep for something like that and then execute when it's going on, I, I assume, at a breakneck pace right in front of your face? So the biggest thing to that is constantly doing your homework about said teams. And the cool thing about uh, Valorant, like I stated before, is the idea that there is going to be those new play styles coming in, those new strategies, right? So it's looking out for different utility. It's always looking out for um, specific players as well. And the funnest part about it is also knowing the rivalry between the two teams, right? Because everyone likes to like be like the good and the evil, the like the really great team like Cloud9 White versus Shopify Rebellion, who's been trying to beat them for like three times in a row. So uh, the best way to prep for it is constantly being in the loop of what the meta is right like who are the it players who are the it agents who what are the common strats that happen on this map and obviously like knowing the game yourself and that that just comes with time and consistently putting in that work i myself i'm still learning i think we're all learning in general about everything in life but um you know with with a lot of time I, I, I try to watch a VOD each day, and this is only in English. Uh, I'm going to add that uh, Spanish side to it I eventually. I, I, I actually have to pretty soon. So I try to watch VODs and just remember the play style or remember something unique that a certain team did, um, and then make sure that I, I'm constantly taking notes for sure.
Well, since you mentioned it, that was going to be the next part I was going to go is that you are looking to be a bilingual caster. And, and so the, the audience listening to this knows one of the things that when we were trying to set this up pre TwitchCon was, Hey, it's, it's, you know, national Hispanic heritage month. This is awesome. You know, you know, Evie is a Latina caster and, you know, really trying to represent that and do bilingual casting. We'll just pretend we got this and <laughs> you fit into the 15th, even though it's a little after that, uh, you know, to do the bilingual casting, what does it mean to you to have that kind of representation inside the Hispanic and Latinx community to be able to have that, you know, different representation for one, but also maybe reach an audience who is able to understand uh, now a game that maybe previously didn't have access because there was English only casting? Yeah, it's. I'm a, I'm really nervous and, and I'm really nervous because just like a lot of Latinos who come to the, uh, the U.S. and have just that Spanish speaking family to uh, really learn from and and practice your Spanish, uh, you kind of lose that, that Spanish. There's been a lot of times where I'm just like, mom, how do you say this? And my mom's like, this is how you say it. So I'm really scared because it's going to be uh, me coming out of my comfort zone, but it means so much to me because at the end of the day, I was born Mexicana and I am Mexican. And it's really important to me to be able to show, uh, you know, especially those children that have migrated that it's it's important to represent. It's important to speak your home language. It's important to uh, continue to practice it and cultivate it because Spanish is so beautiful. Every time I speak Spanish, and this is not just me tooting my own horn, but people are like, oh my gosh, you sound so beautiful. And I'm like, I don't realize it because obviously you can't. You, you, you hear yourself differently than how other people hear you. Um, so it to me, I'm just like, really? That's weird. So to be able to cast in Spanish, I am terrified. I'm going to be honest with you. It's ter it's terrifying, but I want to do it to not only prove to myself, but to prove to others. And like you stated, represent. There is one already bilingual craster. Her name is Dryad, specifically in Valorant. So I'm really like she's my role model. I look up to her and I'm like, oh, my goodness, like I want to be that. And to be honest, she was that person that showed me like. I can do it. I just need to put in that little extra work and I'm willing to. And when you put in that extra little work, you're going to get magical results. So I'm hoping that this is just like, I'm one of those people that's a role model to someone else for sure. I think it's incredibly exciting. And I'm always jealous of, uh, you know, Latinos or, or Chicanos that are in America that hold on to the language because it didn't happen in my family. Uh, Evie and I were talking before the pod, the reason, and, and some people that know me know this story, but I'm, I'm half Mexican, uh, and my mom is, uh, the Mexican side of the family. And when I was growing up, I was like two years old and she's like, okay, time to like start speaking Spanish to Ryan. And apparently I have no memory of this. Obviously I just cried and told her she was talking funny. And I guess she had like little, little triggers of memory back when she was growing up in school and like would get wrapped by nuns for, you know, daring to speak in an accent or anything like that. So I think it's awesome that we're, we're kind of seeing, especially now that Hispanic representation is so large in the U S alone. And, you know, especially, you know, I live in Texas, you live in California. We got gigantic, uh, you know, Hispanic and Latino communities there. So it's awesome that you're doing it. Um, I, I can imagine it is a little bit scary, but I know I am 
very much looking forward to hear, seeing how this goes, <laughs> even though I super, it'll be a wrong language and a game I'm not really very intimately familiar with, but I am rooting and pulling for you because I think it's so awesome uh, that you're, you're giving a representation and, uh, you know, to, it, it matters when people see that uh, to the point to where, you know, my kids, they know it, it's funny. It's like, hey, dad, it's our month. I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, because mm-hmm. it's Hispanic month and, you know, he's a quarter only, mm-hmm. but it matters. So I think it's real cool. A huge hat tip. So uh, when is that going to happen? The uh, bilingual cast? Oh, I wish I had a specific date. Um, I was supposed to do one this weekend, but this weekend for me is so busy. So I had to skip it. But um, I believe I'm allowed to say this because they already um, announced it. It's going to be with the Knights. Okay, so I will keep an eye on that. And also, you know, uh, cute noob casts on Twitter is how you can follow Evie. So keep an eye on that so we can get the exact date uh, for when that goes down. Um, let's, let's now, we're going to switch to the charity because one of the things when I was doing research, thinking about questions I asked, I saw you had like this goal section in your uh your twitch page i think it's really cool that you're putting it out there one of the things that was on there was to raise ten thousand dollars for charity so when you came up with that goal was it always something that you thought yeah i definitely want to do and give back or what what made you and, and motivated you everybody's got a story for why they do something with charity so what, what was the story and motivation behind you saying, I, I'm going to do that? And, you know, did you have a specific one in mind or, you know, let me know what brought that goal about. Okay, this is going to be, I always cry when I say this story. So don't oh, no. mind me if I get teary <laughs> about this, but um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reference this a lot because this is my part of my story, which is um, my parents migrated from Mexico to the U.S. and my dad has done plenty of odd jobs one of those odd jobs was he was a janitor for a christian high school and this was by far one of the worst uh holidays for us we um were living in a one-bedroom apartment as a family of four um and my parents were barely making ends meet and i i remember my dad being extremely sad, I was probably like, I don't know, maybe eight, nine, uh, somewhere around there. And he was extremely sad. He was like, kind of like talking about how like Santa Claus wasn't going to maybe not come Whoa. this year. I know I'm going to make everyone cry. I'm so sorry. Um, so what ended up happening was my dad's uh, Christian high school ended up uh, giving us a whole tree with a bunch of presents under and that was like that's what really impacted my life about like giving back because it it was that feeling of like random strangers doing that act of kindness for us that we had never met and i just remember being so joyful and being so grateful and i think that's what really made me realize that it's so important to give back uh, regardless whether you know the person or not like just that feeling of making someone happy that really needs it is what kind of made me decide that I wanted to do charities for sure. <laughs> that is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Cause I, I think the, the two types of, you know, in extra lifers and any other uh, charity effort, you find that there's a personal connection to where either 
uh, something affected them personally. You know, I, I have Avon, you know, family friend passed away from leukemia, which is why I do extra life. Or you have somebody saying like somebody helped me and now I want to pay it forward and give back. So that is an incredibly awesome story. And now you're using a platform not only for representation, but to give back as well. And one of the ways you were able to give back was you hosted Extra Life United. And for those that don't know, Extra Lifers are, you know, know what it is for sure. This is a gigantic gathering of Extra Lifers from across the nation and happens during Children Miracles Network's uh, hospital week. So it's a huge deal. And Evie was one of uh, three different uh, streamers and casters they had up, but she really was the main one taking the charge, doing the interviews, emceeing the events. Uh, so how did that come about? Was Extra Life something you were aware of? Was it something you saw like an application for? How did you you know, get involved in Extra Life and getting to host ELU? So the funny thing about my life is I never say no to an opportunity because if it knocks on my door, it's meant for me. And I saw that Landfest, which is now a nonprofit organization that I'm very involved with, which I'm sure Ryan's going to say we'll talk about later. Um, but basically, they were looking for a host because I believe Extra Life didn't have one. So they, uh, I saw the post. I've done hosting. I did hosting specifically for Valorant. Um, so I hadn't done hosting outside of gaming. Uh, so I was really nervous, but I'm like, why not? I love to talk. This is a great cause that I can 1000% get behind. And I want to be involved in this. So I applied and it just so happened that they thought that I was a great alignment to it. And after like now thinking about it, hindsight, it was so amazing. And I am so grateful and I am so lucky that they thought I was fit for this position because just getting to meet the kids, getting to meet the parents of victoria and getting to meet the ceo of the whole event was so eye-opening to how much of an impact we as gamers have and how much i want to back up extra life united because it's just like i said it's it's about giving back and it's about helping specifically the children in need uh the children are our future and i feel so strongly especially when i see my little brother he's becoming a young man now um he, we just celebrated his birthday yesterday and made me want to cry too i'm just an emotional mess okay this whole month so if I cry, don't mind with me. Just feel free to cry along with me. Um, <laughs> but just being able to impact these children's life that need it and they are our future and they're going to become our future lawyers, our future doctors, our future teachers. It, it's so important to be there and, and show them that they have that support and Extra Life made me. It just like fueled my fire of wanting to get back and wanting to get involved. Oh, I know it was awesome. It was my first exposure uh, to seeing any of your work. And yes, you did an awesome job. Uh, it was funny. I got to like, thank you for hosting and say you did great. It was like at the Starbucks at the end of it. I'm just like trying to catch up on some work that I had missed and, and getting ready to go home. Uh, so you did great. I'm glad you didn't say no to that. But now I see you don't say no to opportunities. So now I see why you said yes to the podcast. So I appreciate <laughs> that stance because now I have an extra episode I can get to do. 
Um, but you mentioned Landfest in there, and I saw that you uh, did an event over at TwitchCon, which was just uh, the kind was last weekend. So mm-hmm. I can imagine it's still a whirlwind for you right now. Um, so you were doing stuff through Donor Drive and Landfest. So um, what is Landfest exactly? I know Donor Drive is kind of the engine uh, that Extra Life runs on top of, uh, along with Tiltify. But what what does Landfest do? How did you work with them? And, and kind of what is their goal? So Landfest is a nonprofit organization. They pride themselves in building healthy communities through gaming. And the way they do that is they have over 30 chapters all the way from New York to Washington. And the idea is if a chapter is really, 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 um, or feels really strongly about, uh, let's say, for example, they want to help kids with uh, term illnesses like Extra Life, then the way Landfest supports that is they send out any equipment for the event that's going to help them be successful. Successful, be it computers, be an actual crew, be uh, connections with sponsorships. They send all that over and help this event be successful. We currently did um, what was what well, we did one that was a little bit more formal, which was the Intel Rapture Lake launch party but before that we did extra life united before that we work with high school GG, which is uh, trying to get esports into the um, Uh, educational system for Washington schools. And then we're upcoming, we're doing the Boys and Girls Club of North Hollywood. They're trying to not only get funds for educational purposes, but they're also trying to install an esports center into the Boys and Girls Club. That way we can educate our children about all the jobs that are possible through esports. Yeah, that's awesome. uh, There's part of me uh, that, you know, doesn't want to be like a part of the the previous era but one of the things i think is so cool about it is you know i grew up as oh you 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 can't make a living doing video games or anything like that and i always remind my mom of that every year when i show her how much i've raised for uh the hospital is like oh and and now it's a, a totally different outlook and it's really cool that uh now my kids are growing up in an environment where not only is it like kind of cool thing to do on occasion but there's so many opportunities that are open uh that we could do through charity through esports as well i mean it is that is a a potential billion dollar industry that is still trying to figure out exactly where it's going to go and that means a lot of opportunities which is really exciting so it's really cool to see uh and i'm gonna have to look up if Lamfest has got anything around the oklahoma area because that is so freaking cool that you're involved with that all right I got one more thing to ask you about before we hit the the D20 questions thing, and it has nothing to do with gaming, but I see that you have a love of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and folks, I know this is an audio medium, but Evie is not exactly the tallest person in the world, and when I uh, saw that she was interested in it, you see these videos of her flipping folks around, you're like, I would not have guessed that. So how did you get into Brazilian jiu-jitsu and, and and what draws you into, you know, kind of enjoying that sport? Yeah, so I am now, now married. I've been married for a year now. And my uh, husband, he was a wrestler who then got into jiu-jitsu. He trains under the 10th planet system. If you know uh, jiu-jitsu, then you know the 10th planet system. It's It's kind of like... The, uh, I I don't know, I guess the Crit 100 Thieves of Jiu-Jitsu, if you think about it, like that main brand. Um, and 
he just loved it so much. We dated for seven years and I was like, ain't no way I'm going to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to touch another person. <laughs> I don't want to touch another person's sweat. Um, that's just disgusting. But we ended up opening our own gym or he ends it, ended up opening his own gym. I say we, cause you know, we're now one. Um, hey, yeah. It's, it's all, <laughs> that's what I always tell my wife. Hey, it's both of ours. It's not mine. Yeah. It's not yours. Absolutely. Own it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, we ended up opening our, our own school, and it, it was kind of like a no-brainer. Like, uh, why am I not going to do this right? Uh, we're, we own it. So I started little by little, and I hated it less and less until I absolutely just loved it. Um, it's so much fun. It's, it's super empowering, especially as a female, to know that you can defend yourself, especially nowadays where... Everything and anything could just go wrong at any given point, right? I, it, it could be a person. It could be a, a weird situation. And as a woman, to be able to really defend yourself and know what you are doing and how to get yourself into a safe position or a safe place is like helps me walk out into my day just knowing that, okay, and not just that it's that physical aspect of it, but it's also that mental aspect of saying, yeah, this is hard, but I can still get through it. Yeah, this person is heavy, but if I use the right technique, I can move that this person the way I want them to without them even knowing it. And not only that, but it always humbles me when I get my butt kicked in practice because it reminds me that no matter how good I think I am or no matter how much I think I know, there is always going to be something to learn. And I, I live my life by that. I live my life by knowing that even though, yes, I have a lot of knowledge, there's still so much more that I can gain. Yeah, and, and you definitely seem to be a person that loves putting stuff out there, putting your goals out there and working hard and throwing things into the universe. So I, I can see that, you know, martial arts of any kind, uh, you know, finally caught your interest because it is definitely uh, about putting yourself out there and then learning from all the experiences that happen afterwards. Uh, so that's really cool. Uh, it's been awesome. But before we dismount, uh, something I do with all guests is we play D20 questions. And I am going to roll this D20 that's right in front of me. And I will ask three random uh, extra life themed questions. So, Evie, are you ready? I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> they won't be bad. All right. Let's see. 15 was what we landed on first. And oh God, this has come up. So we've done this so far three times. This question has Ooh. come up each and every time. And that is Extra Life embraces the broadest possible definition of the world gaming, best demonstrated by the annual Extra Life United Rock, Paper, Scissors competition. What would be a lesser known gaming activity that you love to see take Extra Life by storm? <laughs> this is uh, this is good. Can we do like a, a squid game style? Okay, well, maybe without the, you know. But without the, the actual top. bullets? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a squid game, but without the actual bullets. Exactly. That would be yeah. mine. <laughs> so like, like have like uh, kind of like with the impossible Ninja Warrior style obstacle yeah. course stuff. Oh, oh exactly. man. Well, all right. We got to pitch up for the next Extra Life United to, to come up with some kind of squid game, uh, you know competition of an impossible thing because you have tournaments that go win donations so that would be a funny one uh to see go on there i like that i like where your head's at on that one all right the next question is 
Number 18. So this is one we haven't done yet before. Mm. And heck, it, it has to do with something you've experienced. Extra Life United is a fantastic annual event to travel to, meet other Extra Lifers, and participate in tournaments for donations for your campaign. So you've had a vision of the future, Evie. You know that you will be given an all-expenses-paid trip for the entire week, and you will win $10,000 for the hospital of your choice. But within this vision, you also learn that if you bypass the trip, you will secure a $50,000 donation. There is no way you can get both. What do you choose? Extra Life United and the 10 grand or the 50 grand donation? I'm all about experiences. I'm all about living in the moment. I'm all about surrounding yourself with those vibes and vibes that are going to benefit you. I I think that being at the event is going to fuel you to raise more than 50 grand. And of course, you're going to secure 10 grand. So you would only have to raise 40,000 at home. And with that fuel of being around people who are raising for the same cause as you. And not only that, but surrounding yourself with all those creative minds, I think will motivate you to go home and raise beyond that amount. So I would say the experience and the money. I like it. The law and the long-term vision, not just the short-term gain. I love it. All right. The last roll of the dice. Let's see if we get to the lower numbers this time. Kind of nothing below 10 is this is 10 exactly. All right. So (laughs) I love this question. Extra lifers find all kinds of crazy ways to solicit donations and reward their donors. What is the favorite one that you've done or seen someone else do? Because I know you had uh, when when you had you had some on there. I know I saw it being boozled. I forget some of the other ones. So what have you done for for charity purposes or have seen somebody else do that? You're like, oh, that is awesome. I like the. Oh, okay. This is this is hard because I've done a couple. But I think my favorite's always getting like getting pied in the face, but not me pieing my husband in the face. That's always my favorite because then I think of all the stuff that he's done that I haven't been able to pay him back. And then that one time that I get to pie him in the face for charity, it's like, yeah, got you back. Let, let me toss one <laughs> at you because this is my wife's favorite one Ooh. Uh, that, you know, it's it's my physical pain and it is a chest waxing. <laughs> oh oh goodness i can't believe it. i i i do my eyebrows and i know how painful it is but like i only get a few hairs of my eyebrows so i can imagine it was not fun yeah, yeah yeah and it's it's been I'm done dying. multiple times i am asked Ooh. every year is it coming back again i'm like oh god why 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 did i do this even once uh there's a clip on there uh, somewhere and i forget where it is if it's even clipped right or if it's just somewhere on twitter where she was counting down and she did not count down and she just she's like okay one sure and i and chat erupted it's like the most active i've ever seen my chat of of watching that happen to me so if you're looking for ways to get your husband back that's a super painful one there Uh, yet one that is very funny (laughs) all right well those are your selection of d20 questions the dice love the high numbers we've had very little of the low ones so far but everything can change in future episodes uh and before you go evie i want you to let everybody know because you have many different spots where people can find you uh not only on your own personal social media but you know i've seen that you're on like uh you know oh actually wait 
Before we do that, I do have one question I just saw when I was looking at my notes. I'm, I'm so sorry I forgot this, but it's out of place. You call your community chicken nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> How did that come about? I cannot stop the podcast until I get an answer to that. Because I was like, that is one I haven't heard before. How did that happen? Now I get to ask. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I don't really know the origin of it. I think like I just did it once and it stuck. It was one of those things where it was just like, oh, it works. Yeah, there. But, but I do love chicken nuggets. That's that's that. Maybe I was eating chicken nuggets and then I called them chicken nuggets. I don't know. But the point is, there there was a moment where I called someone a chicken nugget, and then from there on, they just became the chicken nuggets. Yeah, and it's in if you if you ever see Evie post a video where she's gonna talk to the audience and say chicken nuggets and uh, it's amazing. I was like, what in the world is this? But hey, when you find something that sticks, you stay with it. It doesn't matter how ridiculous it sounds from the outside. If it's what works for you and your community, you gotta stay with it. Okay, now before we dismount, I want you to let everybody know where we can find you, your work, and anything else that you want us to make sure we keep our eye on uh, to catch Evie out in the world of streaming and casting. Yeah, so I mainly stream on Twitch uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, sometimes Saturdays, depending if I have any events or anything like that coming up. Um, it's just cute noob two zeros. And then I also am trying to launch my YouTube channel, which is also cute noob TV. Um, and I stream on YouTube on Wednesdays and Fridays now. So today, or I guess they won't get it today. Right. So it might not. No, be no, I'm not Friday. that quick on the editing okay. machine. <laughs> um, we wish Ryan, come on, we got to get on that. <laughs> uh, it's okay. Eventually Ryan will be, uh, that See, I life. used I used <laughs> to stick to a, a a very strict football podcasting schedule where I'd stay up late and, and get it out the next morning. We would record late, I'd edit it late, and I'd go to bed at like 1 a.m. so it'd be out in the morning. I've retired from all that. I like my sleep. So this will be out probably okay. people are gonna be listening to this on a Monday. So okay. you will be getting ready for a week full of cute noob streams. You'll you'll have Monday to listen to this and prepare for it. And then you're going to hop on Twitch, then you're going to hop on YouTube, then you're going to hop on Twitch again, and you'll learn the drill. So there exactly. we go. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Um, any big events, I will be casting the VCT Game Changers from the 28th through the 31st. Uh, dates are long. 28th through the 30th, excuse me. So if you guys want to check that out, twitch.tv slash it's going to be on there. And that's pretty much it for now. I thank you so much again, Ryan, for having me on here. I, I love taking opportunities. So take, thank you for taking a chance on me. And I had a blast talking to you. And I had a blast talking to everyone who listens to this podcast. Remember, you are amazeballs. And I hope you have a great day. Well, thank you for that very lovely closing message, Evie. Thank you for taking a chance on me and this pod. And folks, that will do it for another episode of Extra Voices. Please make sure to stay tuned to future episodes and you will find all of Evie's wonderful leaks that she just talked about in the episode description. So make sure to check it out. Until next time, y'all, have a good one.